I'm Father Mitch Packlin. Welcome to EWTN Live, where we bring you guests from around the world, which we are doing tonight. These days, a lot of people of all kinds of backgrounds have difficulty in incorporating the faith and looking for role models to help them grow in faith, grow in the spiritual life. And tonight's guests are hoping that the world takes notice of a young Italian man who is well acquainted with the peaks and valleys of the spiritual life, who died of polio in 1925. 65 years later, the church beatified him. And tonight at 10 p.m. Eastern Time on EWTN, you can watch the worldwide premiere of a movie about his life called To the Top. Here to tell us more about blessed Pier Giorgio Frassati, please welcome the founder and executive director of Frassati USA, Christine Wohar, the writer and director of the movie To the Top, Daniela Gurrieri, and the film's co-producer, Fabio Carini. Welcome. Thank you, Father. Good to have you Thank here. You, Good to have you. Welcome, indeed. Uh, you've come the longest way. You're from both from Italy, correct? Yes, from Rome. From Rome, from Rome. And, but blessed Pierre Giorgio was not a Roman. No, no. No, no. He was, he was Turin. Turin, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Which is in the north of Italy. Exactly, exactly. And isn't that uh, also the, the hometown of the Pope's family? Um, it is the same region. Okay. Yes. So he's up from up yes, in the, the his family's region. from up in that way. Yes. Uh, who initiated the idea of doing this movie on Pierre Giorgio? It was a, a collaboration between uh, EWTN and Cristiano Video because okay. we have been collaborating for so many years now. Mm -hmm. And so the idea was launched uh, to us by EWTN and we welcomed it. So. We started studying him and uh, getting passionate with him, and, and so the Great. movie is now ready. Yes, yeah, it is <laughs> very ready. Yeah, I I was able to preview the movie, and I have to say, you beautifully shot the movie. You uh, filmed it in Italy, correct? Yes. 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 <clears throat> in a, in a region near near Rome, mm -hmm. there is a big mountain. So many, many shots are, are there because, uh, because Per Giorgio was very uh, passionate for the mountain, for, the, for to climb, to climb mountain. So mountain for him is very, very important. Part of the title to the top. Yes, yes. and mm -hmm. in fact, it, it wasn't only something where he liked to go into the mountains. He would bring his friends with him and. And it wasn't just for the physical exercise. Mm, of the, course not. Yeah. He, he felt to be nearer to God because he, he could appreciate uh, the nature as created by God. Mm -hmm. So uh, he, he felt that his soul was, um, um, was being really more loved when he was in the mountain, mm -hmm. more near to God. Mm. And I know that there are some individuals who will sometimes 
suggest that being in nature, being out uh, in the mountains or in the forests and uh, the sea, other parts of the grandeur of our world is a good substitute for finding God rather than going to church. Some mm -hmm. people prefer to go into nature uh, to find God. Uh, I've even heard a few people who say they like to go on the golf course, it's peaceful and all that, though when I overhear them, I never think that our hymns use the same kind of language they're using <laughs> on the golf course. That's, that's another problem. <laughs> Maybe but, an alleluia after an eagle or something, right? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. They didn't hear so many of them. So the, uh, at any rate, uh, one of the points I know in our conversation earlier, you bring out that he was not somebody who went to nature as his primary source. You know, nature was important for him. But tell us more about his spiritual life and what was the key. Well, I think that the nature, he, he deepened his relationship with God in nature, I think we could say. And as Daniela said, Pierre Giorgio said, if he could, if his time, his studies allowed him, he would spend entire days in the mountains contemplating in that pure air the greatness of the Creator. So in nature, he recognized the handiwork of God. But he was able to recognize the handiwork of God because of the indwelling of Jesus in him. So the foundation of Pier Giorgio's spirituality was his daily encounter with Christ in the Eucharist, which he began, he made his first Holy Communion at age 10, but at age 12, he began his daily reception of the Eucharist which was very unusual at that time. So for 12 years every day until the day of his death, unless something really exceptional prevented it, mm -hmm. he was going to Christ in the Eucharist first. And then he said, because Jesus came to him every day in Holy Communion, he repaid him in his miserable little way by going out and visiting the poor. So for Pier Giorgio, everything started in church with Jesus in the Eucharist and the Blessed Sacrament. I think this is a, a, a very important ready uh, element that you bring into the movie. And I'd like to show a little clip about him planning one of these hikes into the mountains and meeting a new friend. So let's take a look at that. Oh, look, he's coming. Marco, Franz. And you must be the new Sicilian without a coat, right? Yes. Nice to meet you. I'm Pier Giorgio. Gabriele, really, you shouldn't have gone to so much trouble. Thank you. Oh, don't worry, don't worry. I took the opportunity to pray a decade of the rosary on my way over. There you go. Thank you, Marco. You will join us tomorrow. Thank you. Wait a minute, you said us? This means you're coming? Oh, yes, I'll be there too. Oh, you changed <laughs> your mind. Good, that's great. I'm not the one changing his mind, because Monsignor Pinardi agreed to offer mass just for us tomorrow morning at 5 a.m. He agreed without you insisting, I bet. I've never would have dared to insist, you know. You're also invited to come to St. Secondo Church, the one right next to the train station. Um, um, tomorrow? But it's Saturday and... 
When we be tired? With the Holy Mass and the Eucharist. I can't imagine a better training. With the Eucharist, you will climb easily, you'll see. At five? Yes, I know. This may be a bit late, but earlier was impossible. <laughs> uh, well, I think I'd better go to bed. Um, see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. For one thing, that, uh, again, I, I've said it before, but your photography is really quite lovely. Mm -hmm. It's just Beautiful. wonderful. And it's enjoyable to watch. But this brings out the, the point um, that he needed to go to church first at five in the morning. Right. And he found a priest that would just get up and but it was an eye. <laughs> That's early. But he found the priest to do that. And this is, uh, the expression has it, you'll find that it's easy to climb the mountain. It's Christ that makes the mountain worthwhile. Pierre Giorgio was a tremendous athlete, we know, because he had love for the mountains, swimming, sailing, hiking, everything. But he encouraged his friends to be twice as strong with your spiritual muscles than your physical muscles mm -hmm. because that was that was his priority and that's a beautiful clip that shows his constant in, invitation to his friends mm -hmm. and wanting to provide the opportunities for them to receive the sacraments no pressure he was not a high pressure salesman but he always was bringing that opportunity to his friends is a, a beautiful um, encapsulation of his spirituality there at the same time uh, you know, he seems the kind of person that's attractive in that you, you want to please him. You want him to, to be happy that you're going to be there. And so apparently they are all there for the Mass. Uh, that, that's a, a nice quality that you also developed. Yes. And this was the, uh, I mean, the, the element which characterized the, the way he uh, he was a friend uh, to, to so many people mm -hmm. who, after he died, witnessed uh, so many beautiful things about him. Mm -hmm. And uh, he, mm, in the clip we, we saw how he, he jokes, he plays jo jokes with his friends. It was like that. Mm -hmm. It was natural. It was full of life, full mm -hmm. of the joy of life. Uh, and, and this was, mm, especially with, with his friends, I mean. So there is a particular uh, meaning uh, and value that he gives to friendship. But of course, friendship had to, to have at its center uh, Catholic faith. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. this, and he never, he never uh, I mean, uh, gave up. He never gave up. This is what touched me a lot, and I tried to put in the, in the movie. Mm -hmm. uh, this uh, constant, uh, energy in everything, but also with faith. One of the delightful parts of the movie is the way the actors themselves have a real ease about the, the way they relate. Tell a little bit about how you got these. They're, they're all Italians, correct? They are yeah. Italians. Mm -hmm. Yes, and um, the atmosphere that we see in the movie is actually the result of these people being, these actors being friends also in life. Mm 
before, mm -hmm. <laughs> before being friends on the set. And, uh, and they really did a great job, a great mm -hmm. job, because exactly. they, they felt, they really seized the, the importance of this script, the, the, the true quality of this script, which is the content of the uh, Per Giorgio life. And uh, they, they were able to also to um, go through the script together for a, a long period, uh, so analyzing what they were uh, talking about. And, and so uh, at the end, I think they, they really were <laughs> the, the same people uh, mm -hmm. as in the movie. Yes. Yeah, didn't you uh, uh, introduce them to people who are sort of continuing on the the, the friendship associations that he started? Yes, we had they, what do they call the group? Uh, the group is uh, um, the Società dei Tipiloschi in Italian, uh -huh. uh, which uh, in English is uh, the... Um, we say shady characters shady or sinister characters. ones or yeah. something. Okay. Shady characters. A, a, a nice name that uh, Pier Giorgio invented, <laughs> right. uh -huh. because he, he didn't want to, uh, to be uh, Cataloged as um, the, the the believer, the classical believer who only goes to to church, who only prays. Mm -hmm. So he wanted to give a a nice name, an attractive name to this mm -hmm. company, to this group, and uh, it is a nice name, really. And when we when we uh, shoot it, we were shooting. We um, contacted a group in Italy, which was born on the experience of this uh, Shady Characters group, uh, which is in San Benedetto del Tronto, which was the, the town of uh, Franz Massetti, who then became a priest, one of the group. And uh, these people came, and they were so, so amazed to see these actors who, who, who looked, they, they uh, when they saw these actors, they said, oh, you are Pier Giorgio, you are Franz Massetti, you are uh, <laughs> Marco Beltramo, Laura Hidalgo. They, they could recognize they could, yes, the they could, real yes, characters yes. in so the actors. Was, uh, See, these are good actors. Nice. These are good actors. And again, having friendship among themselves that helped convey mm. how important friendship was to Pier Giorgio. And something that uh, again, that's one of the aspects that I think is important to, about him today. Too many folks do not have friendships. Mm -hmm. they, they have acquaintances, people they know very superficially, but they don't have long-time friendships. And, you know, I, it, it's a great thing. I, I've got two friends now, they've been my friends for 65 years. Mm -hmm. That's a gift. Mm -hmm. you know, and he was the kind of person who could have such friendships, though he didn't live that long. Um, we have a little clip about the role of friendship uh, and the rosary with his group. Let's take a quick look at that clip. Oh, Candice, what kindness. Oh, Candice, thank you, I need some energy. <laughs> I don't think there are candies or anything edible. <laughs> Food for the soul. I already have it. It's a handmade gift for each of you. But what are they made of? With special seeds from my family's garden in Polone. 
I cultivated them personally for each of you with so much love. Admirable. And now, let's give meaning for this gift. In nomine Patris, et Fili, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Amen. Credo in Deum Patrem Omnipotentem. Creatorem Celi et Terre. Et in Jesus Christum, Filium I mean, the, the one character, the, the one at the end, it was the new member of the group, and yes. he conveys well that this is a little bit foreign to what he expects mm -hmm. with hanging out with friends his own age, to, to climb a mountain and pray the rosary together. <laughs> but Pier Giorgio has that ability to sort of draw him in and make it seem just totally normal. And that scene is actually, uh, you really, this film I hope will encourage people to go deeper and read more and learn more because uh, Pier Giorgio did exactly what was portrayed in that film. He grew those Job's Tears seeds in the family garden and then would bring those to the nuns in his hometown there to make rosaries for his friends. Mm -hmm. And after he died, the beautiful testimonies, as she said earlier, were written about how these were priceless gifts now to have one of those rosaries mm -hmm. that he had made for his friends. So it was his gentle way of encouraging them to lead them into prayer in, in, a, in a fun and gentle way. But that prayer was also part of the foundation of their friendship. Right. It wasn't, you know, friendship just by focusing on us. It's a friendship focusing on God that deepened the human bonds. That I think is very important. Exactly. Sì. Eh, Pier Giorgio, <coughs> um, I think that uh, he feels the friendship uh, like to do uh, saints, the other. This is friendship for him. I, mm. um, he try in every way, but uh, in a um, smart way make a saint the other person. Mm -hmm. mm. And, you know, which means that if you try to make somebody else and help somebody become holy, you holy. bring their best out of them. You mm -hmm. know, it's not squashing them, but it's bringing out the wonder and beauty that's inside the depths of their soul. There's another element in the movie that you bring out that's important to his life. You, you mentioned it earlier, um, and that was his friendship and care for the poor. You know, there's a, a, a kind of a funny scene when he shows up at a very important diplomat's uh, ball of some sort, and he doesn't have his coat or his shoes because he gave it to somebody on the way. Talk a bit about that aspect of his life as well. Well, I think uh, one of the, the greatest charism people associate with Pierre Giorgio is his charity, um, because he said, what would life be without acts of charity? Mm -hmm. And so in that particular scene, maybe it's um, really shown, in a, maybe in a dramatic sense, to see this guy walking into the embassy without his shoes on. But it's true, when his father was the ambassador to Germany, um, Pier Giorgio came in one day to the embassy in Berlin in sub-freezing temperatures without his coat. And when his father asked him where it was, he had given it away to a poor man on the street. 
which his father thought was an extreme. Mm -hmm. And he said, um, why did you do that? And Pier Giorgio's answer is because the man was cold. So he could see Christ in everyone. And if in that particular beautiful scene in the movie, he feels like there's now a man out there with shoes and a coat. And that made Pier Giorgio happy. Yeah. And he could detach himself from the worldly things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's, uh, uh, and this was something of a surprise. Now, so folks understand, his family was wealthy. They were not just middle class, mm -hmm. they were quite wealthy. They lived in a really beautiful home. Mm -hmm. um, they had lots of advantages. And his father uh, ran a press, he owned. He found uh, it. He found a very, it. Yes, a very famous newspaper, which is still going on uh, which today, La Stampa. La Stampa. La Stampa of Turin, it's yes. very famous. Yes, mm -hmm. so, so he's, you know, a, a very significant person in society right. as a newspaper founder, an ambassador, yeah, and all this. Uh, and Pierre George was running around giving away his stuff. You know, that they were surprised. His, uh, I remember how his family was very surprised after he died at how many poor people came to his funeral. And I know, Father, that. Um, Sometimes the family, not in this film, of course, but um, sometimes in reading books, the family, the takeaway is, is that the family didn't do acts of charity, maybe, or they didn't approve. But they did do acts of charity, his father and his mother and his sister. But they had no concept of the extent of the charity that Pier Giorgio did. Mm -hmm. And so, as you say, thousands of people came into the streets at his funeral. And his father says to his mother, we did not know our son. So it was the extent of Pier Giorgio's charity that was the stunning thing that was revealed after his death when the poor recognized that this young man was from this very wealthy family and never, never used that family name. And his family then recognized the extent of his charity. So it was a beautiful revelation, unfortunately coming at the moment of his death. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's one of the uh, amazing things about him. Um, and it wasn't organized charity. It wasn't working with the state to help, right. you know, the program. He encountered individuals and dealt with the concern for them. Yeah. Something else about him, you mentioned his death. He, when did he get polio? Uh, in one of the neighb poor neighborhoods of uh, Turin. Okay. Uh, or, or in the hospital, in one of the hospitals that he used to, to visit. Because he used so, to go right. to hospitals too. Mm -hmm. And it came so suddenly that he died within one week. His sister wrote a beautiful book called My Brother Pier Giorgio, His Last Days. Mm -hmm. And it just takes you through one week of his discovery of that in fact, they discovered the illness. I think um, his grandmother died on July 1, and the funeral for her was July 3, July 3rd. And on the day of her funeral is when the family discovered there was something seriously wrong with Pier Giorgio, and he died the next day on the 4th of July, which is his feast day. So it, it, the death came upon him, and a rugged, athletic man was ravaged by that infectious disease of polio within about a week. See, I don't think modern people understand 
how infectious polio was, mm -hmm. how devastating it was. You know, uh, even when I was small, it was still around. And, you know, the vaccine mm -hmm. against polio was invented when I was about four, three or four years old. And we started taking it, but our parents were just terror, in terror that we would get this disease. You could get it from playing in puddles, yeah. you know, because it would be in the water. And of course you wouldn't know, and uh, Mrs. Packwell would be very concerned about her <laughs> son who liked to play in puddles, you know, but that, that was, you know, the kind of things that, you know, people were, and this was why. You know, such a sudden, and there was nothing they could do about it, mm. nothing. Mm. So he died, but there's another element of his death, and that was when they opened up his casket. Talk a little bit about that. Well, um, as a part of the canonization process, which you would, would probably know much better than, than I would, so they were submitting the cause for his well, beatification was coming later, but the last step was to open the coffin to examine the remains right. to see if there might be relics or so on. Yeah, and this is something that they always do in the cause. They examine the moral life of the person. Mm -hmm. They examine their teachings, if they have any uh, particular teachings to make sure they don't contradict the faith. They want their moral life to be in line with the faith, all that. And then they, before being declared venerable, right. they'll look at the, the body, they'll take the body out. And that happened in 1981 for Piero Giorgio, which was 56 years after his death. So his sister was there. Uh, Piero Giorgio's sister lived to be 105 years old, in fact. So his sister was there and some of his nieces and nephews when they opened the coffin with a team from the church, the official church team, you know, thinking that they were going to categorize bone fragments. And instead, when they opened the coffin, they saw this little tuft of his hair, and then they went and pulled back the, the thin shroud there that covered him, and he was perfect. His, in fact, his niece, one of his nieces, when I asked her, when did you notice something special about your uncle, she said then, when she saw him, he was perfect. And it was like encountering their uncle for the very first time. Mm -hmm. So he was found to be perfectly incorrupt. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, something um, that is, happens every so often. There was recently a nun who, that they moved her grave and the, uh, she's also being considered for being uh, made venerable. And she was also completely incorrupt. Mm -hmm. Just happened a couple of weeks ago. We have uh, another clip ready. Let's take a look at it. I'm deeply ashamed of this, especially when I see so many youth falling for fascism or communism like flies to shagged water simply because no one is proclaiming to them the truth and the life of the gospel. But before any action, I exhort all of you with the utmost strength of spirit to stay as close as possible to the Eucharistic table. There, you will draw the strength to fight against all adversities and all temptation. This is the right preparation before we throw ourselves into the apostolate. And now, lazy people, let's get moving. Let's go. And climb to the top.
it's uh, something fascinating that this very strong, vigorous man who died and was made devastatingly weak then has his body completely preserved. And it's not as if the climate would help to preserve a body mm -hmm. in, in Turin, right? No. No. That's, it's, not, it's not something you can explain. Now, the church never uses incorruptibility as one of the miracles. Mm -hmm. We don't do that. But it is amazing, and there are lots of saints who are incorrupt. Uh, Saint uh, Sharbel Makhlouf mm -hmm. and Padre Pio. Uh, these are a number of people recently uh, and there have been plenty, uh, St. Francis Xavier. St. Bernadette. St. Bernadette <laughs> Subiru, mm -hmm. you know, St. John Vianney. Uh, it goes mm -hmm. on and on. There are actually hundreds <laughs> of these saints. So we look to that and say, wow, that's, that's really neat. But it, it's still not proof that the sanctity of his life and then the confirmation by miracles after death you know, what the people ask about a, a favor from God. And with the intercession of that person, the very clearly miraculous event happens. Do you know what the miracle was that got him beatified? Uh, yes, Father. The first miracle was, I think, in 1933. It was an Italian by the name of Domenico Salon who had what I read is, is called Pott's disease, explained as spinal tuberculosis of some kind. Mm -hmm. So he was had paralysis and was not expected to live through the night. Mm -hmm. And a priest visited him with what was prepared at that time, like a small second-class relic card of Pier Giorgio, uh, the linen on which Pier Giorgio, from the bed on which Pier Giorgio died. And he had a spiritual uh, conversion, a spiritual healing, I think, first. Um, but he had an immediate physical healing. He lived, he served later in the Italian army. Um, and so that miracle was within eight years of Pier Giorgio's death. And that was the miracle that was used to declare him venerable in 1989. Okay, okay. And he has not yet been canonized. Right. But, um, you know, this is something, there's, there's a real growth of devotion to him all around the world. And at World Youth Day, this movie that you made is going to be shown to the people going to Lisbon at, at this August in for World Youth Day. That's because he's one of the patrons right. of World Youth Day. Uh, and so this is a very, very good thing. Exciting, very exciting. Yes. Made us happy. Yeah. Good, good. <laughs> I, I think it'll make the young people seeing it very happy too, as well as those of you who get to watch it uh, here on EWTN. We're gonna take a quick break. We'll come back with questions and comments from our audience and from you, so please stay with us.
All right, we've been talking about this brand new movie called To the Top, Pier Giorgio Frassati. And tonight, uh, June 28th at 10 p.m. Eastern Time on EWTN, we will do the world premiere of it. Also, if you're interested uh, in Pier Giorgio or, or in uh, having some uh, media that, to share with some of the younger folks in your family and such, you can get a DVD of this at EWTNRC.com. So just go to EWTNRC.com, where it is item number HDPGF. HDPGF. Obviously, it's for Pier Giorgio Frassati. So it's high def. Pretty cool, huh? Uh, so I'd uh, love to have you get a hold of that. Ready for some questions? Let's start off with Thomas in Tennessee. Thomas, how the heaven are you? Uh, tutto bene. Echo, echo. And so what can we do for you this fine evening? Well, Father, I was wondering if... Um, you know, Fazzati was seemed to be so detached from worldly things and so much in union with God's creation. Did people, and did he himself, was he considered a mystic? Okay. What, what about that? Was, was Pierre uh, Giorgio Fazzati considered himself, or did other people look at him as being a mystic? in the spiritual life? I, I don't think so. I, I think that um, he's certainly an example. I know that his mother one time came home and said, they're speaking of you from the altar now, from the pulpit now, uh, because the priests in, in the area recognized something spiritual about him. Um, and he kind of just shrugged that off. Mm -hmm. But I don't think he would have considered himself in any, I don't, I don't think he would, mm -hmm. but that's mm -hmm. my opinion. I would. Never heard something. But like. we, we inserted in the movie this scene just at the beginning where he, uh, he is um, making an adoration in the right. church. Mm -hmm. And at that moment is just a hint we wanted to give of his uh, great in spiritual life that he had. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was a mystic um, vision that he had, but he was so um, uh, concentrated yeah. on. Yeah. Uh, on the adoration in that moment, that the, the wax was falling on his head and he didn't feel it. Yeah, so, some of his friends were... And some of his friends had were, to tap were, yeah. on his shoulder. Yeah. That's true, so there was the idea uh, that he went into ecstasy. Some, that, that was a speculation, you're right, that was... That yes, was, we that don't know, but yeah. he was so concentrated. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he could focus right. so mm -hmm. much on our Lord Jesus Christ mm -hmm. when he was praying before the Blessed Sacrament. He a tuned and out. Yes. And this is an amazing aspect of him. He could tune out the mm -hmm. noise around him. Exactly. And yet, when he's in the mountains, he's tuned into our Lord and in that environment. It's, a, it's an interesting combination of being able to focus on Christ while he's in the church, but in the mountains, be able to be present to the 
mountain air and its beauty and still focused on Christ. Yes, this is something that I think is, uh, is powerful in Pier Giorgio. There is no separation between yes. faith and life. Yes. Right. Yeah. And he took all of the faith, all of life. Right. <laughs> and it was uh, natural for him to live the both together. The, the other thing too is he does this as a young man. You know, sometimes as we get a little older, we start slowing down. <laughs> and, you know, we don't have quite the energy. But as a young man, he had great energy, great enthusiasm. He's really, and uh, not in a silly way, you know, that, that can be the distortion of youthful energy. But he's focused on our Lord with great energy that comes with youth. And that's, again, part of the attractiveness of the man. And I think there are no coincidences, Father, because today, we, on the day of this premiere, we celebrate Saint Irenaeus, mm -hmm. who said, the glory of God is man fully alive. And that is Pierre de Giorgio, mm -hmm. man fully alive. And because he was so alive in his faith and in life, Mm -hmm. He reflected the glory of God. So if you saw him in adoration, you saw the glory of God. He was that man fully alive. Yep, very much so. We have a question from our student, <coughs> a comment. Uh, I'm sort of struck that in more recent times, there was an Italian youth, his name is Carlos Acutis, and he also had a great devotion to the Eucharist. His parents had him baptized, but not, did not really raise him in the faith. He discovered the faith more or less on his own on the internet, became very devoted to the Eucharist, was going to daily mass, and he died very young. He died at 15, and he's already been beatified. His body is incorrupt. It's on display in Assisi. There's a lot of similarities between Giorgio's life and Carlos Acutis, and also very much like St. John Bosco, when St. John Bosco was a young boy in Turin, and how they used to, he used to evangelize his friends. Just, there seems to be like a common theme going through all three of these Italian young guys' lives. So. Yes. Yeah, do you see that as well? That, I think that's a great point. Yes, um, we, we produced a, a documentary with EWTN uh, in uh, 2020 about Carlo Acutis, so uh, I so can you're confirm. With him. <laughs> yes, I can confirm. Yes. But the important thing to to say about uh, holiness, I think, is the um, uh, uniqueness of each person, of each of each saint. Mm -hmm. uh, so even if there are similarities, uh, um, I think they are unique in their in the in the way they expressed the gifts that God gave mm -hmm. each of them. And it, it is the same for each of us. Yes. <laughs> Even if we are, yes. we are not saints, we do, do not, I mean, uh, think to become saint maybe, but e each of us has uh, gifts from God, which are special, uh, unique uh, gifts, and we have to express them. So um, uh, there are similarities between the two, it's true, many similarities, the, the love for the Eucharist, for example, the Eucharist at the center of their life but uh, they, they, they had their specific qualities. Mm -hmm. um, for example, uh, Carlo Acutis, um, he, he lived uh, in, in our time, so with a computer mm -hmm. and used the computer. So mm -hmm. he, he used the computer for the glory of God. Mm -hmm. 
so maybe mm -hmm. if um, if Pier Giorgio had had lived in our times, he would have used uh, the computers also. Mm -hmm. But he had other means, and he used those means. Right. So one of the things that I've uh, been um, somewhat impressed with, uh, having been hearing confessions for 47 years now, I. I have a sense that the sinners are not really all that different. <laughs> you know, there, there's a certain similarity, that, you know, to the sins that I don't find that very unique. <laughs> you know, but the saints, the holy people, they are very interesting. You know, uh, having known one holy person uh, very, very well, Mother Angelica, who started this, you know, again, very, um, uh, you know, very, very uh, different person <laughs> and was able to, again, use a medium mm -hmm. available and get this network started. And Mother Teresa of Calcutta, who is canonized, you know, very simple person, but very distinct, and I think that one of the effects of Christ in our lives is that He makes us more distinctive than if we try to become, you know, unique by committing a lot of sins. You know, uh, a lot of people seem to be trying to make themselves unique by putting on all kinds of tattoos, but. The tattoos sort of look alike, you know? <laughs> that doesn't really make you distinct. But sanctity works on, uh, I, I think of God, uh, or, or actually I'll put it this way, I think of Michelangelo as being like God, a reflection of God. He brings this statue out of the marble. He knows the statue is in the marble. And he brings out the David, Moses, the Pieta, but it's, he, he could envision it in the rock. And his artistry is to bring it out. Well, that's what God does with us. He brings out this masterpiece. Whereas if you're sinning, you're just sort of kicking the rock, but not getting very far. That's a beautiful reflection. Oh, <laughs> uh, so that's, that's Fabio, one of the things, uh, I imagine you interacted a fair amount with the actors. Um, did, did you sense them being affected by the story? Because they had a, first of all, they were doing this in English. Mm -hmm. They had to work hard yes. as mm -hmm. Italian actors uh, yeah. to <laughs> do this in English. Yeah, in Italy, <coughs> uh, we not speak English, uh, right. many, many persons. Yes. Uh, I am uh, one of them. <laughs> I'm not speaking English, sorry for, <laughs> excuse me. So, <coughs> yes, um, I think that uh, Daniela, because she, is, she, is, uh, mm, she was director, can explain better than <laughs> this me. This aspect uh, was very interesting yes. with the, the group of actors because they, um, uh, they um, uh, it was challenging for them because being Italian, they had to, uh, to um, uh, play in, uh, in English. But we, we asked them this particular professional thing, that they had to study very hard, very hard, 
This, they had to be professional because, we, I mean, also through being professional, we can convey the, the, the seriousness of our faith. Yes, <laughs> so, that's exactly. Th that's important. That's important. Yes. So, so um, and they understood, uh, and they were very serious. They started so. Um, they started hard for many months, and uh, they had an English coach, and uh, and then the, the result was uh, for me was excellent. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was. What about miracles going on? Are there still other miracles you mentioned? this one man being healed. Are there other miraculous events going on? Well, uh, especially at his burial place or? I don't know, I, I would say at his burial place. Actually here in America, several amazing reports have made it, uh, you know, mm -hmm. to a certain level. I can't say they are miracles because the only the Vatican can say it's a right. miracle. Right. But in the That's general sense, I would say yes. I've, I'm aware of you're many miraculous. Amazed. You're amazed. <laughs> if you at made this. me the Pope, I would say yes. <laughs> no, don't forget I said that. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm all for the, uh, the women's not being priests and yeah. open a can of worms. No, I feel like the if um, the reports of Pietro Giorgio's miraculous intercession are many. And they just have to, I can't say they're miracles because what I mean to say is only the Pope, only the dicastery for the congregation for the causes of the saints can say it. Mm -hmm. But the reports are many. And so I do see many beautiful cures happening, conversions, um, little prayers being answered and great favors, great stories um, in, of his intercession. So I want to, I'm enthusiastic about the reports and and looking forward to one of them being approved. And Christine, you work with, or head up, tell us a little bit about Frasati USA. Well, Frasati USA is an organization in America to help promote the spirituality of Pietro Giorgio. Mm -hmm. So I'm definitely not the postulator. Mm -hmm. And so right. th those right. things have to go through the postulator and that whole process. And that, that's, some, that's appointed by the Vatican and right. the diocese right. of Turin and all that. So right. yeah, they, uh, they, they take care of that, but right. Frasati USA, So the motivation more of Frasati USA is to, to get the information out there, to have this model for the laity, for our young people, mm -hmm. to have an example you can turn to of somebody who came from a home where the parents didn't get along. His parents were on the verge of separation when he died. Mm -hmm. He loved a girl, but he, he sacrificed that love for a higher cause. He struggled in school with his academics. Um, he had a, a deep commitment to the Catholic faith. He was involved politically. He was active um, in society, in the culture. And, and he said, charity is not enough. You know, we have to change things in the culture. So he shows us, as I think particularly the laity, how to express our Catholic faith inside and outside of the church. And Frasati USA just wants to be a vehicle to make that information accessible. And that's why this movie is so exciting because now we have something that people can maybe show in schools, in classrooms, and, and have discussion about how to live your life following the example of this guy who shows us how we can do it, who faced the things we face and showed us that we can be holy. And one of the things, so folks understand something that relates to our own time period. Uh, this was the time of the rise 
of Benito Mussolini as the fascist dictator of Italy. And, and in fact, in the early days, he wasn't, you know, a particularly evil guy. He was, you know, trying to get the trains mm -hmm. to run and mm -hmm. the country to work uh, in a rough economic situation after World War I. But there, there were a lot of tensions associated with the fascists, correct? Yes. And then the communists were another factor. Yes. I, you mentioned that in the... So he, he, was, he never compromised with uh, any of these parts. Yes. So he, he took a strong position uh, against both. Uh, and he, he understood immediately that Mussolini, what, what kind of person was Mussolini. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, also the communists, of course, uh, he, he completely opposed them. And they opposed him because being a Catholic in that time was a, a dangerous thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you could be beaten uh, along the street or yeah. at the university, for example, and he never gave up. He, for example, he kept um, sticking uh, the, the notice about the uh, night adoration to call the students, people, uh, the young people who were at the university uh, to, to participate. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the communists, so the, the, uh, the faces, uh, would, uh, would tear the, the, the notice and you would write it again, uh, maybe tens and tens of times. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and this is uh, how Pier Giorgio was. And, when, and he was so, so um, uh, angry when uh, the club, the Catholic club uh, he, he was part in, in Turin, um, decided to show the, the flag, the Catholic flag, uh, when Mussolini came to visit Turin. Mm -hmm. And it was so, and he, he, he resigned. So immediately resigned from the club. Uh, but then the because bishop. Because he didn't want to have any kind of support. Of course. For Mussolini. Of course. Yeah. So yeah, and he was angry that the club, the Catholic club, would, would show the support. Mm -hmm. So uh, he resigned from the club. And then he, he again was convinced by his bishop to, to retire his, uh, his um, resignation and. Uh, and he, he again entered, but he, he was that kind of person. I think, too, for, for folks to understand that in the 20s, because not only was Mussolini on the rise, up in Bavaria, Adolf Hitler had his first yes. attempt at taking over the government of Germany the very year mm -hmm. that Pier Giorgio died. And folks are saying, well, we've got to fight against the communists. I don't see anybody else except the Nazis or the fascists. And he wouldn't be tricked no. into that option between, well, we've got to stop the communists. That's really key. So we'll go to the fascists. No, he didn't accept that option. And at this time in our history, we have lots of very negative socialist and very left-wing uh, moral positions that are being taken in society, but we have to be careful what our option is. Mm -hmm. Is it Christ? And is it the Ten Commandments? And is it the Sermon on the Mount? That has to be our option, mm -hmm. not, well, I'm going to go to somebody who's the opposite of them, even if they are doing pretty bad things themselves. 
neither one of those are options for us. Christ is going to be the option. Pierre Giorgio lived that out. It's the sign of a spiritual presence. Yes. <laughs> that yes. we all must yes. have. Yes. And again, uh, uh, you mentioned that you've already done, the, the two of you, uh, a documentary about Car Blessed Carlo Acutis. Right. Are you going to be doing any more? Ah, we hope. Because there's a few <laughs> other holy Italians out there. <laughs> of course, there are so many. Our life will not be yeah. long enough to, yes. to, to deal with all of them. No, so. we, we hope here at EWTN to keep you busy with more because this is a great part right. of the education. And you to keep on writing, Christine, this is very important so that we have these kind of materials as opposed to some of the very foolish things that are, you know, the, the, the entertainment is, is not doing well. Some of the movies from Disney and these other places supposed to be mm -hmm. great. And people don't go. Right. They're boring and they're contrary to our morals. Mm -hmm. You guys are presenting something. I think Pierre Giorgio would approve of this kind of work. <laughs> Again, we want to invite you to watch the premiere of this EWTN original docudrama. It's called To the Top, Pier Giorgio Frassati. It'll be on tonight at 10 p.m. Eastern Time, so just to your time zone, right here on EWTN. And you would also be able to get the DVD at EWTNRC.com, where it's item number HDPGF. And you brought us a relic. It's not a first-class relic. Right. Uh, we have only uh, primarily second-class relics. But we'd like to bless all of you and seek his intercession. May Almighty God bless you and keep you by the intercession of blessed Pier Giorgio Frassati. Draw you ever closer and higher up to God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And we can bring you this program, our other programs, and these films only because they're brought to you by you. So please keep us in between your gas bill, electric bill, and cable bill, and we'll pay all of our bills too. Thank you all for being with us, coming all the way from Italy. Thank you. And thank you, Nashville. <laughs> uh, God bless you all, and thank you. <laughs>